Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Number one source for news, weather, and information on your radio, TV, computer, tablet, and smartphone. We are broadcasters, always here for you, wherever here may be. Tell Washington local stations matter by texting RADIO to 52886. Furnished by NAB in this station, message and data rates may apply. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-KARS-4KIDS. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. In Odyssey Station. The Score! Hit and run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. Tim is close to the plate and ready to go against Suarez. And the first pitch to T.A. is slugged to right center field. And this ball is out of here. High in the air, right center field. Trout back out the wall. It is gone. Well, this is the event this time that I thought he was going to have last time. A three-run bomb. His third of the year. He's got six driven in, and what a presence he is in this lineup when he is entirely healthy. Yelich swings and hits one in the air to deep right center field. Everyone looking up. This one is long gone. A two-run home run by Christian Yelich. And the Brewers extend the lead six to nothing over the Cubs here in the fifth. Deep fly ball to center, trouble all the way back. It's a home run. Christian Yelich has homered in back to back games. And Milwaukee has broken it wide open. They lead eight to one. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Sing it, people. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Sunday morning live and local radio show. It is a two-team baseball town, and we talk about them both every Sunday morning, as do our brethren 
Bruce Levine and David Haw inside the clubhouse yesterday. Did you hear Joe Madden on with them yesterday at 9.30 in the morning? It was delightful to hear Joe being Joe. There was a moment yesterday where um, David Haw asked Joe what he still loves about it. He's been doing it a long time. Why do you still love it? What are you doing? And he said, honestly, it's just the day. It's the everyday nature of it. Waking up, sitting there in his hotel room, having some coffee, looking at his team, doing his lineup, thinking about what he's going to do, checking out the bullpen. It was a lovely answer. It was so very Joe. It was so very baseball, regardless of how ugly it might have been, an 11-to-1 loss, or how ugly it might be the next day, a 9-to-1 loss. 20-to-2 in two days. Is that good? No, I don't think so. You wake up and you do it again. This morning, David Ross will put together a lineup and try to be better. Um, his team will try to be better in Milwaukee. Uh, Tony LaRusso will wake up having reclaimed his spot as a manager in MLB, and he gets to do it every single day. Must be addictive. It's addictive talking about it, watching it every day. Must be awfully addictive to have that feeling of being able to make out your own lineup and manage your own team. And today, the White Sox will play, the Cubs will play, and we will talk about both of them all morning long. Your phone calls and your texts are not merely welcome. They are elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. So dial it up at your leisure. Phone lines now open at 312-644-6767. You can also text us at that same phone number. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Uh, later on today at 1.10, our time pregame at about 12.35, Marcus Stroman against Corbin Burns up there in Milwaukee. Stroman's ERA is almost seven. He has started four games for the Cubs. The Cubs have lost all four of them. Uh, that would um, be a really good trend to change immediately, like today. That Brewers lineup starting to feel it. That Brewers team overall, 15-7 and seven ahead of last year's pace when they won 95 games. Brewers and Cardinals atop the division as of right now. 11-9 and nine are the Cardinals. The White Sox, meanwhile, the White Sox will host the Angels one more time today. That game at 1-10. Eastern time, Dallas Keuchel. It's a Dallas day against Michael Lorenzen, the poor man's Shohei Otani for the Angels, because Lorenzen can hit. But he has been really good as a pitcher. They're a good team. But they got dominated yesterday by a man we will apologize to in a matter of moments. You heard the home runs there from both 670 the score. Zach Zabin on the call Friday. Pat Hughes on the call yesterday. Christian Yelich is starting to feel it, folks. Three for five yesterday. He's got a hit in four straight games. Couple of home runs in back-to-back games for the first time since August of 2020. Didn't do it all of last season. And um, Yelich, if he, I mean, if he starts to get going, woof. His OPS on the year is 727. His uh, batting average just 230. But that team, that Brewers team, is is good. It's the class of the division. We have known this, and it remains the case. Uh, you also heard the highlights in there from NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone on the call. Luis Robert has three hits at home. I believe he's three for 31 at home. 
so far. All three hits are home runs, and they are important. They are big. There is reason for optimism on the White Sox offense that I will share with you uh, a little bit later on in uh, this show as well. Um, So, look, lots going on. Keegan Thompson, the relief weapon, the one-time and perhaps future starting pitcher, but right now the relief weapon for the Cubs will join us at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Chris Kamka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago, will join us at about 11.30 to uh, tie the whole room together like a good area rug, as he always does. And if you missed Cowboy Joe West, the most hated umpire of our lifetimes, he was on Parkinson Spiegel. It was me and Mark Grody the other day. It was during a game. Um, so I, I want to make sure that people heard it because I had a chance to talk to that dude. I've wanted to talk to that dude. And I've wanted to yell at that dude a lot of times. I did lead with, essentially, Joe, I've hated you for 30 years. How you doing? That basically was the beginning of the interview. I appreciate it. It was great. Right? And he, he took it well. He took it well, and then he came off, oh, God, I don't know. Dare I say likable? I don't know. We'll let you judge. About 1040, tell a friend who hates Joe West to, uh, to, to listen. Uh, Texter, I am not giving Eastern time first pitch. I'm giving 110, 110 Central time. 110 is uh, when uh, both teams will play. Um, look, before we get to the super-duper ugly stuff with the Cubs last night. And it was, I told you, I need to apologize to Vince Velasquez and Ethan Katz of the White Sox, because I was cynical. I'd, I'd, I'd seen a lot of Vince Velasquez over the last couple of years. I'd seen a guy who only threw the fastball, like 70% on fastballs and not like Lance Lynn with different versions of the fastball, but like 70, 75% that four-seam fastball, which is good from him. It has a little carry, has that little giddy-up. But that's all he was doing. Got to do more than that. Well, he's doing more than that. He's making material changes with the help of Ethan Katz, and they're working. I mean, yesterday, that is a real-ass Angels lineup. And you saw the line. You saw what he did. Five and two-thirds, one strike away from getting through six. That great moment with him and Trout we'll get to later on as well. So what did he do? What what is he doing? First, listen to Vince Velasquez after the game. um, And listen to him talk about how this was something to build off and just how good he actually felt. Good. Yeah. Um, You know, I didn't know what what to expect uh, early this morning. Uh, the conditions, but um, you know, a flip of the mindset was, uh, was something that kind of helped me up a lot. Um, you know, going up a, a good lineup like that, um, and to have a performance like that is 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 nice. Um, but I think, you know, going back to all the work that I kind of been putting in, just just seems like it, it's it, it was just just a couple clicks, like I told you. So, um, you know. It's, a, it's something to keep on going and build off of. Um, just try to repeat next, next time. But, no, it's been, it was good. I, I, felt, I felt amazed. I felt really good, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, um, I'm, st- I'm still kind of just thinking about, like, how locked in I was. But, again, it's just, that's just a glimpse of something that I could, I could do on a regular basis if I 
just keep on working on what I need to do. So what is he doing? He's feeling confident big time. He was talking about it more yesterday. He said, I'm not letting anything get to me. Just the ability, creating a momentum and a tempo. Sometimes I get lost in my thoughts. a matter of not getting too stuck into that. The mentality is so big, isn't it? We have a lot of pressure as it is. It's a matter of kind of minimizing the damage, moving on, turning the page. Here's what he's doing. Because he's worked on it with, with Ethan Katz. That four-seam fastball, he's throwing it less than half of the time in Chicago. So he's throwing it less than 50%. And he, I told you, he was like throwing it like 65, 70, 75% of the time in Philly and other way. He's, he's thrown it way, way less. And he's thrown a sinking fastball more than 10% of the time, way, way more than he's ever thrown it. And so people don't know that his good pitch is coming. He just hasn't had confidence in the other stuff. And it doesn't have to be great as long as you spot it real well. And he's spotting his other stuff real, real well. He threw four seamers, 36 pitches in 86 pitches on Saturday. Less than half. And got a lot of swings and misses. Got a lot of fly ball outs. And it, 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 it look at it, the pinpoint control with the other stuff. As long as you control it. And Katz has called it wanting to take pressure off the fastball. This is a guy who has beaten himself up his whole career, saw Carlos Rodon, who had done a lot of the same things, work with Ethan Katz and turn his career around. And that's what Vince Velasquez wanted. And I didn't think it was in there. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens moving forward. But it's real good right now. And that was a huge, huge performance against a very, very good team in the Angels yesterday. Well, so the confidence comes with the material changes. They often work hand-in-hand. Hand. How many times have we seen the White Sox come and find a guy, though, and just update his pitch mix, figure out, hey, you know, you, this pitch works really well. To You know, you're trying to use it to miss bats. Why don't we use it to create soft contact? Well, just this, a smart process. This is, this is what every team should be trying to do, and some teams are good at it. Some teams are bad at it. The White Sox had a while there. For, you know, listeners will remember Don Cooper was the guy who would help people figure out that they were tipping pitches. He would help mechanically with certain people. Coop will fix them. And then that kind of stopped happening. Now you've got Ethan Katz, who works with these guys, obviously transformed Giolito, has worked so well with Cease, and is now working with Velasquez. And, yes, it is pitch mix, but with Tanner Banks, who we talked to last week, it's the core velocity belt. You've got a real, right. got a real good pitching coach over there now. Got a real good pitching coach, and, and and I apologize for being cynical about Vince Velasquez and the work that he might be able to do with Ethan Katz. It's looking good at this point. Um, for the Cubs, ugly, ugly stuff these last couple of nights, man. Last night, Patrick Wisdom sloppy with the glove at third base and then a bad throw on top of it. Michael Hermosillo with a bobble out there in center field. And Come on. And Andrew McCutcheon takes advantage. The dropped third strike after Michael Rucker struck out the side. And then the dropped third strike. And that leads to the Rowdy Telez home run. Ugly stuff out there for the Cubs. It's, 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 it, it's hard to watch when they play like that, right? No, it was terrible. It was terrible. And, and it, you know, all the goodwill I think we were building up with the Cubs these last couple weeks, now we're kind of starting to see, okay, yeah, maybe this is a team that's still trying to find itself, huh? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an awkward and, and at times long season. That is, that is for sure. 
And But you know what they're doing? You remember that they're figuring stuff out. They're going to work on stuff. They're going to figure out who they have. That's what this year is. As they build, a lot of what you're going to see at different times is them seeing, all right, can this guy play? Ian Happ is playing his ass off. That is a guy who ought to be having contract extension conversations at some point. We'll see if he does, but, man, defensively last night and offensively from both sides of the plate. But this seems like a good time, seems like a good moment to help you widen your focus, to zoom out. It is not the same necessity to zoom out as it was in 2012, 2013, 2014, but we know it sure is helpful because you got to – you got to see the whole thing. Believing in the plan makes a difference in the day-to-day life of listening to and or watching the games if you choose to keep listening to and or watching the games. And why would you not do that? Keep living with the companion sport. You like the companion sport. So you're going to keep watching. You just need to know that there are more better players, potentially, down on the farm getting ready to do their thing. And it's building towards something. You are building towards something. But man, whew, some ugly stuff. So make sure you zoom out. We're going to help you zoom out by looking at some of the prospects and what they are doing, where they are placed, some aggressive placements, whether they've put certain people at a high A ball or put certain people at double A or certain people at triple A. How are they doing? We will check in periodically on the state of the system because you'll need it. Based on what's happening on the big league club, Some roster decisions are looming. Some guys who they have to make some decisions on. And Hermosillo is one of them. I don't, I know how much talent there is in Hermosillo, but it is rough. It is rough to watch right now. David Ross was talking about some of those roster decisions they will have to make and uh, says they know what they're going to do. Because remember, the, the maximum pitcher amount has been left high and will be left high for another month, but the roster size itself needs to come down over the next few days. And we'll detail that and what some of those decisions might look like for the Cubs. So look, a lot on the table. I've given you a bunch. I told you there is reason for offensive optimism for the White Sox that I'll get to. That moment yesterday that was just so special. It's what we all love about playing games we'll get to that and we will zoom out for you the Cubs fan to help remind you that there is goodness below 312-644-6767 is the phone number it's me Matt Spiegel on hit and run here on a Sunday morning Keegan Thompson of the Cubs at the top of the hour your phone calls your texts all morning long on baseball throughout the majors and right here in Chicago on the score the premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Payoff pitch to tell as he swings, drives one to deep center field. Hermosillo going back. He's at the wall, looks up, and this is gone. A two-run home run for Rowdy Tellez. And it's Milwaukee on top of the Cubs, 6-1 to one here in the fifth. The Brewers have 24 homers on the year. They're sixth in baseball in home runs. In terms of the runs being scored, Brewers are ninth in all of MLB. Cubs, uh, right there, they've scored the same amount of runs. They did get 21 in a game, though, which uh, can throw things off. In terms of on-base plus slugging, 
Angels are the best team in baseball. The Rockies right there with the benefit of their ballpark. Both New York teams. Cubs still there in the top 10 based on a very hot start and a high on-base percentage. Second best in all of baseball is the Cubs on-base percentage. Crazy stuff. Uh, The White Sox down there at number 30 in on-base percentage at 264. But I told you there were reasons for White Sox optimism, right? White Sox offensive optimism. So we will we will get to that in a in a matter of moments. But man, the Cubs, the starting pitch has been brutal at the top. Marcus Stroman with an ERA near seven, as I mentioned. Kyle Hendricks roughed up the other night. Wade Miley needs to come back. That is uh, that is a guy who could help settle some things in. Um, Drew Smiley's actually been pretty good. Been kind of a surprise. But man. It is. Uh, it has gotten rough, rough, rough to watch. That is for sure. Some of your texts coming in three one two, six forty four, sixty seven, sixty seven. Here's one. Cubs have been figuring it out, as you said, for over two years. While the Dodgers roll, weren't the Cubs supposed to roll as well? Yeah. The uh, the idea of building it so there is never any need to take a breath. So there you are just constantly rolling forward with a great farm system. And a great um, major league club and spending at a super high clip and just rolling forward like the Dodgers do. Andrew Friedman's one of the best there's ever been with an unlimited budget. And what they have built and what they have done is just remarkable. And it is better. It is better than what Theo and Jed and everybody built here their first time around. It's just better, smarter, stronger. With some players that have lasted uh, and endless pockets and some better free agent decisions. And it's okay. It's okay to say that. Sometimes certain big market behemoths are better than others. And right now the Dodgers obviously are state of the art. That is for sure. Let's go to the phone lines and get rolling against uh, against the uh, – or, or with you guys. With I'm not against anybody. White Sox fans, Sox fans, Cub fans, call up, hop on, hit and run. Kevin's in Palatine. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, good morning, Speaks. I had two questions for you. One Cubs, one Sox. Hayward, are we looking at mid-season 2023 when they finally release this guy? Because it is extremely painful. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's rough. And I know you're going to give us... Go ahead. Sorry, and I know you're going to give us Sox optimism. Um, can I give you just a bit of pessimism? Sure. Hundred Last 100 games, this team, when fully constituted cannot beat mediocre, let alone good right-handed pitching. And that is with the entire team there. So let me know what you think. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Appreciate you. Uh, Yeah, you know, you got some guys um, who definitely need to hit righties better. That's for sure. And I know that historically, so far to this point, it has driven you crazy. But I will tell you that it's going to be okay. Let me tell you why. The offense overall, they're still hitting the ball hard a lot. All the time. How do we know this? We can look now. You remember when Hawk Harrelson always used to call certain balls a hang with them? That's a hang with them. And what it meant was, hey, you hit the ball hard. It was just right at somebody. Or you hit the ball hard and that guy made a great play. Don't worry about it. Hang with them. Well, you measure that now. How do they measure it? How about team exit velocity? Okay. Look at it. Is the team hitting the ball hard? White Sox, eighth in baseball and team exit velocity. How about team hard hit rate? Hard hit. When you make contact, what, what is that? Third. Third best in all of baseball behind Toronto, behind the Yankees. Third best in hard hit rate. 
Are they barreling up the ball? Third best in the game as a team in barrels. Yes, they look at barrels. It's when you hit it on the barrel, the optimum point to either get a home run or just super hard contact. Third best in the game in barrels. How about expected batting average? I like that. Expected batting average is exactly what it sounds like. And if you want to think about it for a second, it's what the batting average would be based on the numbers uh, coming off the ball, like the exit velocity, the launch angle, the hard hit percentage, where fielders usually play, how ballparks usually play. So what the batting average would be if everything was normalized. Kind of a cool way to do a number. So it's not just the batting average. It's the expected batting average. They're eighth in all of baseball. Weighted on base average, expected weighted on base average. I know it sounds a little complicated, but it's the same thing. Expected what it would be based on how hard they're hitting it and what they're doing. Seventh, expected slugging percentage. You know all those fly balls that you've been watching that feel like they're dying on the warning track? They are. In another ballpark or when the weather gets nicer, they're going to hammer the ball. They are hammering the ball. They'll get better results. Expected slugging percentage, third in all of Major League Baseball. Third, based on the quality of their contact, how hard they're hitting it. Now, look, this doesn't have anything to do with sloppy defense and, you know, um, poorly aligned defense and certain bullpen guys struggling, and we know who they are. But in terms of that offense, the offense is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So don't freak out, White Sox fans, about the offense. Look at the quality of contact, and the numbers back that up. Tony La Russa has to keep playing the right guys. Andrew Vaughn, when he's healthy, and he was out yesterday, but should be, uh, should be okay, hopefully back today. Andrew Vaughn needs to hit number two up there. Leori Garcia never needs to hit higher than nine. Never. Jake Berger's feeling it right now. Use him. Work him out at second base for when Yohan Moncada comes back. Get ready for Berger at second base. Maximize every lineup for every series, every possible plate appearance. And let these guys hit. They will hit. I firmly do believe. This is Frank driving around on I-80 and now on the score on a Sunday morning. Hey, Frank, how are you? Hey, Beats, how you doing? Um, I was asking Sean, when is Cueto coming in? When is Cueto coming in? At, at least one more start, maybe two more starts for Johnny Cueto at AAA. So you'll have Cueto slotted in, and we'll see what happens at that point in terms of Vince Velasquez, who obviously pitched well enough to earn to earn one more yesterday, and we'll see when Lance Lynn comes back. So Cueto's on his way, but not not just yet. My question, speak is what happened to the old Flint trade we kept on hearing about, that they were going to get the pitcher there? We keep on hearing about that from the beginning of the season, and now it's a no deal. Well, it, it, at this point, they've held on to Frankie Montas. They did deal their one guy, uh, which is Sean Manaya, sent him to San Diego. But Frankie Montas, who is only signed through this year, will be a very attractive trade deadline uh, possibility. Um, he will be a guy who people hear about, but what we'd heard is that they wanted Andrew Vaughn. And that was kind of a non-starter. Montas, by the way, has not been having a great year. His ERA sits around 4.25. Just pitched a couple of days ago, gave up five hits, five runs, all earned. 
So really good year last year. A couple of good starts before this one. A bad one at the beginning, so he's three up, two down. But as long as they're asking for Andrew Vaughn, that isn't going to happen. And I think that's very understandable that it does not happen. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Texter says, uh, I think the frustration with the Cubs is the middling. I'm tired of 30-year-old free agents no one else wants in my lineup every day. Bring up your prospects and stick with them instead of the Schwindels and Wisdoms and Ortegas. For the love of all that's holy, give me an effing pitching prospect to get excited about. There are a couple of pitching prospects to get excited about. I promise you that there are. I told you we will get to them on this show. We will. In terms of the offensive prospects, you don't have a lot of guys that are super close. That's the problem. Brennan Davis, the number 15 prospect in the game, is not having a very good start at Iowa. First 18 games, Brennan Davis with an OPS of 605. 27 strikeouts in 63 at-bats. That's been rough for Brennan Davis. The high expectations are obviously there. The 2021 season for him last year, Two homers in the Futures game, and he won the MVP. Played at three levels, finished the year in AAA. Homered in his first two at-bats at AAA. He's the number 15 prospect in the game, as I said, but it is a rough, rough start. So the idea of Brennan Davis coming up and pushing Jason Hayward to the bench or pushing pushing Michael Hermosillo to the designation for assignment, that's not going to happen anytime real, real soon. But there are other guys who are lower. Pete Crow Armstrong. Folks, come on now. Pete Crow Armstrong, who is the young center fielder that the Cubs picked up in the Javier Baez trade, is killing it. Now, granted, it's only down at single A at Myrtle Beach, but his WRC plus is 200. 100 is average. He has a 200 WRC plus. It is the second best in his entire league, Pete Crow Armstrong. He's hitting it really, really well, and Cubs executives and talent evaluators are kind of floored by the way that he's hitting it. And the strength is the defense plays terrific defense in center field. Some of which we saw in spring training, the the strikeout rates are very, very low with Pete Crow Armstrong. He's hammering the ball. It's looked really, really good. It's an encouraging thing. I know that I saw the quote was the Cubs front officer taken aback or something like taken that. Taken aback. <laughs> yes. I, uh, it's encouraging. You, like you said, Myrtle beach, you want to see him. Maybe the Cubs are big on seeing their guys hit that point, struggle a little bit, fight through it. We'll see if that happens with PCA, but so far numbers have been just godly good. <laughs> <laughs> they have been. And, and you need to zoom out and look at that. You want, you want more? You can, it, He's got a teammate there. Riley Martin has been promoted now from Myrtle Beach to High A South Bend. He was awesome in Myrtle Beach, and now is at South Bend. You know, I'm not, I'm not telling you to, that you have to go to South Bend to watch a game to feel good about the organization. I'm telling you that you got to th- zoom out and understand the entire process that is here and that this year was always going to be one and hopefully just one where they kind of take a breath and see what they have. And they'll make some decisions right now. It's going to be a really interesting time, by the way, what's happening over the next few days, because a lot of teams are going to have to make decisions on guys that they don't have options with as the rosters get, get trimmed. And I have to make some big, big decisions. Talk to the Cubs' Keegan Thompson at the top of the hour. This is Rich in Old Town, now on 670 The Score. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning. I like this uh, 
your train of thought, but I want to comment on that. And, you know, expected is theoretical. And theoretically, the Sox shouldn't be 8-12. When you have their over and under by the Vegas boys at 93, just so you know, they've already reset that number down to 88. Mm-hmm. So the real, the real actual, here's, here's what I have, because you're good with numbers, and I've got some for you, on both sides of town trying to identify. You know, La Russa should have enough brains to identify the facts. You talk about their hitting. Their batting average, team batting average is 207. That's 28th in the league. Their uh, their ERA is 399, 24th. And here's what I look at. The whip, walks and hits for innings pitched, it's 29th in the league. It's 1.44 on the south side. As, as a pitching staff you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. And on the north side, you know, you talked about their, their swing in the bats. They are. Their batting average is fourth in the, in the MLB at 30 at 253. But here's the problem when you dig into it. They're runners left in scoring position. They rank that. They're 15th. So they're getting guys on base, and they, they're not hitting in the clutch. Their pitching ERA is just the opposite of the White Sox. The White Sox have reliever problems. I'll get to that in a second. The Cubs starters, Hendricks 547, Steele 540, Stroman 698. Now, how are you going to win – with, with three of your guys that are over five and a half yeah. on the south side. Uh-huh. Get this. Here are the relievers. Here's the bullpen that puts the fire out. You got Hendricks at 614, Lopez at 614, Bummer at 704. Yeah, you know, I can't just let you rattle off numbers as if they're all the same, Rich. The problem is that bullpen ERAs are based on a tiny little sample, so those numbers aren't – are, are, aren't, you know, things to freak out uh, at necessarily. I am worried about Liam Hendricks, but I can't just point to his ERA. For instance, yesterday, Liam Hendricks didn't give up any runs, okay? But he gave up three hard-hit balls and a walk. So I'm worried about him. But we, we got to talk about what we see and not just what the numbers say because the numbers can be very, very misleading. 670, the score is where you are. More of your phone calls all hour long. Yesterday, a wonderful example of exactly uh, why we love this game. Why we love any game, really. And and I felt it uh, particularly close yesterday. We'll talk about it next. It Speaks here with you on a Sunday morning on Hit and Run. High in the air, right center field. Trout back at the wall. Well, this is the at-bat this time that I thought he was going to have last time. A three-run bomb, his third of the year. He's got six driven in, and what a presence he is in this lineup when he is entirely healthy. Shows you how strong he is because that wind is absolutely howling straight in. He hit it through the teeth of the wind and turned into a no-doubter and a 4 to nothing Sox lead. 0-2. Line to second. Harrison flies to make the catch. The first shutout of the year for the Sox. The first for this Angels offense. And the series is tied and run. White Sox win yesterday. Luis Robert with the home run. Man. Textures are, uh, are interesting this morning. Sometimes baseball conversation uh, brings out some feisty nature. 
Here's a guy who just said, uh, Speaks just rattled off a whole bunch of numbers. Then the caller gives numbers, and Speaks says, you can't just look at the numbers. Can't make this stuff up. Not all numbers are the same. I'm going to get angry. I don't like getting angry. It's a Sunday morning. It should not be for yeah. anger. Just trying to relax, <sighs> decompose, enjoy the White Sox, not get too upset with the Cubs, oh, right? Oh, my God. But people listening to conversation, I get, some numbers are helpful and meaningful, and some numbers are not. Right. And our job is to sort of kind of decode and wade through some of those numbers. And I like to provide context on some of the numbers. Sometimes I, some of the ones I'm given, I thought maybe that uh, people could hear and understand the difference in, uh, in, in what I'm saying. But maybe some people cannot. And I just need to shut the hell up and deal with it. God, you people! Make me angry today. Okay. I need to breathe. Tony La Russa with some very good advice earlier in the week for his team about breathing. And that has been, um, I think, helpful. Breathing's good. Breathing is very, very important. You know, here's a wonderful reminder of why we actually like sports. Um, Yesterday, it was raining hard at different times here in Chicago. At one point, um, I went to the movies with my son. We went to see The Bad Guys, which was really fun. Really fun to watch The Bad Guys. And... Um, He and I had a good time. And then as we're leaving there, it was pouring rain. And we just had to run across the little parking lot to get to the elevator, get to the the car. And it was raining so hard. We were probably out there for 15 seconds, got completely and utterly soaked and laughing the entire time. So let me tap into that and remember that feeling of giggling and laughing with my boy as we get completely and utterly soaked by the rain in a 15-second increment. And then cut to yesterday, through five and two-thirds innings on the south side. Vince Velasquez was rolling and knew that they were about to hit a rain delay. Mike Trout is up there. Mike Trout, by the way, remains the best player in baseball. By the numbers, oh, sorry, numbers alert, numbers alert, on-base plus slugging. Put those two numbers together, it's a really good shorthand as to whether a guy is good offensively or not, as long as the sample is big enough. Got it? You with me? It's not like looking at a reliever ERA and freaking out about it when they've had six games of appearances. It's not exactly the same thing. By the way, also, see, here I am. I'm getting upset again. Just breathe, Spiegel. Breathe. So Mike Trout, uh, number one in OPS in all of baseball, going up against Vince Velasquez. And I see MLB.com and others making a lot of the Trout angle of this because it was a great moment and Trout is a star and I understand that. But it was both of them. If you're watching, it was both of them. Here's what it sounded like on NBC Sports Chicago as the rain is pelting down. Vicious, angry rain. But these guys were in a battle. They were in a long, long at bat with a 2-2 count. Now the rain is absolutely coating this ballpark. It is a sheet. It's a wall of rain, and Larry Vanover is going to wave it off on two and two. Vince wanted to try to finish him <laughs> off. They might just stand there and play anyway. Yes, let, they don't need the umpires. Just throw him a pitch. Yeah, you say, come on, let's see what you Stay got. Stay in. Let's go, boys. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was one of the real great moments. <laughs> in this game that and the four runs on the board but that was funny like Trout saying here let's go you and me that's awesome that that's what it's about 
And Trout, by all accounts, and you heard Madden talking about him yesterday inside the clubhouse, a good dude, wry sense of humor, a gamer, obviously. He's a huge, huge star making outrageous dollars, but he's approachable, likable for teammates, supportive of teammates, etc. That was a really, really awesome moment. One-on-one, man. Those guys didn't want to stop. All right, I'm wet already. What the hell? I don't want to stop the smiles on both their faces. Here's Vince Velasquez after the game talking about that moment with Trout. Yeah, I, I, wanted, I wanted to get that last throw in there. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's just something how, you know, just competitive nature kind of takes over and, um, you know, how, how much I wanted to at least finish that, that inning out. Yeah, it, it just I, I, really, really great stuff. So fun. This is Ron on the south side on 670 The Score. Hello, Ron. It's happening. Hey, hey, Steve. Real, real quick. Regarding the White Sox, Steve, this team is put together to win offensively by hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at, talking about numbers, a significant That's just their strength. And all teams are going to have some strengths and they're going to have – some some weaknesses, but it, it, they to put together the team. Yeah, the starting pitching struggling a little bit, but it's, it was with starting good starting pitching and uh, hitting home runs. That's just when you look at the when you talk about Eloy and yes, Monty Grandal, Luis Robert. I mean, that's what you look for. That's just the way the team is put together. They don't hit home, and it, it may seem simple, but that's the way it is. Uh-huh. But see. That's why they have to have better on base assist. You get a couple of men on, they you hit home runs, but but yeah, it's it's not the, a team that's put together speeds, you know, to put the, the contact and you know moving men over. That that's that's not the way this offense is set up. So uh, I'm kind of I, I was very uh, optimistic to hear the numbers that that that, that you gave, but uh, yesterday how they won that game, speed. That's that's how the White Sox win. If they're not going to hit home home runs, you got a brave. So again, these guys are not great defensive players and uh, get the guy on and move him over. Their thing is to hit home runs. And again, when you look at the numbers, it is a significant difference in terms of when they win games and when they lose. So, 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 so that's it. And once everybody comes back, you got get. Um, uh, third base from backs next game, real quick, but uh, I know his home runs were down last last year. But if these guys can come back and be healthy and uh, hit the ball like you said and hit the ball out the park, the offense will be okay. Not worry about that. They have to get better defensively. Thank, Thank you, Ron. Appreciate the call, man. As always, yeah, it's it's been at times a very sloppy fundamental team. That's for sure, and the defense, and that is of a big concern. And there are certainly. Um, certainly some issues um, to deal with. The numbers that I was trying to give earlier were designed to to help people understand that they are hitting the ball hard and they are hitting the ball in a way that usually results in home runs. And you're right, when those home runs do climb, and right now it's just 19 of them in the middle of the pack, uh, then the offensive numbers should climb and 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 everything like that. It's a, it's a rough moment for home run hitters as the baseball is a little more dead, as the designer curveballs and breaking balls are a little more um, effective as people are throwing heavy fastballs and sinking fastballs a bit more than they used to and as the weather has not been good 
at a ballpark that historically is much more home run friendly. So we'll see if that evens out a little bit. You mentioned Yuan Moncada. Yuan Moncada started his rehab assignment last night in Charlotte. Um, here's Wes Helms, the manager of the AAA Charlotte Knights for the White Sox, talking about Yuan Moncada last night. Okay, he looked good. Uh, he's actually supposed to come out after the fifth inning. And, uh, you know, we got clearance through the medical staff up top. He wanted one more AB, and it paid off. He got a, he got a single there. And, uh, you know, he's got to check all the boxes, you know, the stolen, stolen base attempts, everything. He's just got to check all the boxes to see and make sure he's ready to help Chicago. And today was a step forward for him. And, uh, you know, he'll DH tomorrow and, you know, move forward next week and go and be ready for him. Do you have an idea how long he's going to be here? I mean, right now he's scheduled, you know, through, I think, the five games in Gwinnett. So uh, the first five games. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that's the plan right now. I mean, that plan can change if he shows he's ready sooner or, you know, that plan can change if he needs another day or two. But right now, I think the first five games of Gwinnett will tell everything. All right, so there you go. So five games for Moncada, and then we'll see what happens after that. Josh Harrison was very good yesterday offensively, um, but I really do like the idea of uh, when the matchup presents itself, Moncada's playing third base. Give Jake Berger a shot out there at second base. And apparently he's working out there a little bit. He was on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday talking about that. Apparently, did I say that I needed to decompose? Yeah, decompress is I, what I needed. I heard decompress, I think. I heard decompress. A lot of textures heard decompose. Um, decomposing is very, very different. That's when you pick apart a symphony that you've written. You would sure. like sort of decompose. Oh, it's not that? No, no. Decompose is after you die. And I'll get slowly, the Webster's Dictionary yeah, up here. As you, your body slowly fades into the dirt. Um, that is not what I plan to do. Is Although, that what the Cubs offense is doing? <laughs> it might be what the Cubs offense is doing. And it is certainly what some uh, listeners and texters would like uh, me to do on this morning. People are feisty. It's the 1st of May. Got to decide exactly what you are as a baseball team. You're one month in. Some people upset Justin Fields didn't get more wide receivers, huh? Uh, is that what it is? It's uh, it's possible. 670, the score is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel who you're with on Hit and Run. If you missed Cowboy Joe West, you'll hear it next hour. Just absolutely great. Keegan Thompson, a great story out of that Cubs bullpen. Let's get to know him next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.